episode of weekly sauce is episode 32 and we are pleased to be joined by the by marco d'amico scrimmagesandstats.com and uh, host of his new podcast called what marco the hockey flow the hockey flow the hockey flow that is marco d'amico as usual i'm joined by my colleague my cohort my uh my uh number two in command alex how's it going buddy alex the intern what happened to alex he froze can you hear me alex no. no. Ah. Yeah. Go. You're good. Hello. Yeah. Yo, I'm so <laughs> pumped up, man. Uh, the fucking hockey season starting in fucking six days. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk, to talk about it with Marco, man. Well, technically, the season started today. Regular season starts in a few days, uh, but we're excited to talk about it with Hab Extraordinaire, Marco, the expert, the man, the best Twitter follower of all time. How's it going, Marco? I'm good, guys. I'm, I'm I'm equally as happy to get this this season started. Uh, I think, uh, given what's going on in the rest of the world, I feel like it's a it's a much necessary distraction. Uh, we had the World Juniors gave us a little bit of a taste, but I think now it's time to to get to business. They timed it perfectly, almost. Oh yeah, it was like I'll, I'll... Juniors done, preseason, bang. It's like we never missed hockey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> It was those dark times in October and November, but no one's counting anymore. Well, we had football. There's still soccer. We did to watch. have football. Yeah. We did. I so, just uh, my nights were extremely boring. Let's put it that way because I ain't <laughs> watching baseball. So if you're not a fight fan, you're dying for Saturday night hockey. Dying. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you're not a and I'm not fan, a fight fan, and I watched fighting. There you like go. I watched UFC, and I watched all kinds of boxing, and I am in no way, shape, or form a fan of these on a regular basis. But here I am. Watching people kick the shit out of each other because I'm bored as hell. Did so you, now there's hockey. Are you a fan now? I look. I, I think that it's an art form that has significant merits. I feel like it's something I would watch on a regular basis. You know, if there isn't anything else on for sure, definitely go to watch parties now because it's it's far entertaining. Yeah. Watch just just the social reactions of the, the fight community in and of itself. I think are are hilarious in my oh. mind as well. MMA Twitter is one of my favorite things because it's oh all – it's 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 comparable to Habs Twitter, actually. It's comparable yeah. to Habs Twitter because it's 50-50. It's one guy's this way, the other guy's this way, and it's always like that. And uh, speaking of Habs Twitter, the King Alex, did you watch the uh, preseason game today? Yeah, I was watching uh, the preseason game. Well, I was following it on Twitter. Uh, 
KK has been really impressive uh, so far in this um, practice. And he, he scored a goal, then he scored an empty netter. But, you know, uh, Jordan Wheel scores, score, so I was surprised with that. <laughs> he keeps scoring. <laughs> Jordan Wheel, the power uh, play specialist. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I'm happy with the first practice. Fucking Toffoli scored a beautiful goal. Uh, and, yeah, I'm pretty satisfied. So, Marco, what should we expect of the season? How do you like the team so far, the lineups that they started with? Uh, I'm I'm a little intrigued. Obviously, the forward depth is something that we haven't seen in, geez, since what, 2008, 2009, maybe? 2008. Let's say 2008. That roster that was so stacked and then failed, right? What, uh, um, Bob Gainey's five-year plan? Oh, yeah, Bob Gainey's five-year plan. <laughs> the actual guy who said it was a five-year plan, not Mar- not Bergevin. Um, <laughs> a lot of people still make that mistake. Yeah. Um, the way that I see it, it's all going to come down to the defense. I feel like the forwards are stacked enough, but I feel like it's going to be very much on the defense. And two big question marks for me are going to be, will Joel Edmondson rise above the off and on play that he had last season with Carolina and kind of return to form with how he kind of played with St. Louis? And B, how quickly and how much will Alexander Romanov improve during the season? Because... They're already putting him on power plays, on penalty kills, playing him five on five. Like I, I'm I was kind of expecting Romanov to start the season with, you know, the Victor Mete treatment. You know, 15 minutes a game, maybe some special teams. No, they're starting him right off the bat, full swing. Second power play wave, second PK wave. You're just going for it. So it's going to be very interesting because this entire season is going to be predicated on. Are the young players going to take the next step? Yeah, like I told Terry, I was very surprised to see Romanov being used so much already. I was, because knowing Claude Julian and knowing how he treats youngsters, he he doesn't normally trust him this much early on. Yeah. And it, it for, for me, it just means that either one, Romanov is, Romanov is the real deal, or two, Claude Julien just said, I'm going to change my philosophy and go with the youngsters. I like, I mean, yeah, you're right about Julien. He does sit on his rookies. Uh, but also, like I told you, Alex, I'm not really worried about where he's being seated right now. John actually is super high. John McQueen, well, John Eamon, we'll say. Uh, he's our hockey blogger. He's uh, he's super high. He says that he thinks Romanov is going to end the season, or at least he'll be playing with Weber by March, um, which to me is great because I have a $25 bet that Romanov is going to win the Calder. So if I win that, <laughs> 650 bucks right there in my pocket. And if you know what, Marco? If that bet comes out, I will buy you three bottles of mustard truffle sauce. Oh, yay. But it's a limited <laughs> edition, so it better happen. Better I will happen. visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off for three bottles of Mike's BBQ Rub, uh, Mike's BBQ, sorry, mustard truffle sauce. But I will also get you a bottle of their barbecue rub. Just for Oh you, my bro. god, I'm just so excited now. Just for it's gonna suck now your I dick. need to go No, I need to go and eat other kinds of meat right now. I'm gonna go have some ribs. <laughs> no, the sauce is gonna suck your dick. I am not gonna be I okay, won't be dick sucking. Absolutely. Yeah, Fantastic. Okay, good. Yeah. I was gonna rub it on my meat. That was that was where I was gonna end. The whole of the bottle is is a decent size. Not for me. Excellent. I don't know about you. It might be not for me. <laughs> Amazing. Um when so it Marco, comes to yeah, yeah. Where do you see the the Habs finishing in the division? Um, 
I would say this is the most difficult year to project because we are dealing with the biggest unknown in sports right now, which is COVID. We've seen yeah. COVID infections mess up, you know, game ma- matchup plans in the NFL, which plays once a week. So imagine how that's going to affect the NHL and their taxi squads and how the fluctuation of these players are going to affect them. I think Montreal has a, if, if, if health is maintained, and they're able to avoid an outbreak. I think this is a top three team in the division. I think this is a team that should make the playoffs. But that gets me more excited because when has Montreal played Vancouver in the playoffs? When has Montreal <laughs> played against Edmonton eight times in a season? We're going like, to be watching it's... McDavid and Dreisaitl every second yeah, night almost. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be watching Canadians as they, you know, try to back check and, and <laughs> watch as Koskinen lets in the softie. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm teasing, obviously. But I yeah, I'll, it's, uh, we, we have the usual Montreal, Ottawa, like that's nothing new. We used to, there was a time where we used to play them eight times a season. Now we're going to be playing them 10 times a season. Big tickle. But for me, seeing Winnipeg that often, seeing Edmonton that often, seeing the young Canucks that often, I'm quite excited. I feel like there's a lot of rivalries that can be made, and I'm more excited for the playoff format, which is going to pit four Canadian teams against each other until one champion comes out and plays into the semifinal. So we may see, for the first time in 42 years, 42 mother effing years, Montreal versus Toronto in the playoffs. For real? It's been 42 years? 1979, Terry. What the fuck? Exactly. Didn't we beat... Toronto. Oh no, Toronto was in the Western no, Conference in the nineties. Exactly. Ah. Exactly. Because I remember Toronto made the sem- made the, the the Western Conference Finals. Okay, yeah. We were supposed LA. to. We, we we yeah we actually were supposed to play. Well, not supposed to, but Ooh. Toronto on paper were better than LA in '93. Yeah. Well, LA was they had three guys and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. But those much. three guys did. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite to Toronto today, those three guys did the job. <laughs> So, you know, I live Toronto's. Um, I live the Toronto Maple Leafs lifestyle in my fantasy league and my keeper league because I have. Um, we, we we use the cap. We run it exactly like an NHL yeah. team. This year we didn't pick up the the cap, so we have it. And I have Marner, Matthews, uh, and McDavid. These are my top three. And I have no good money thing for you don't anybody have a cap. else. <laughs> it's a very good thing. You I don't had have to a drop. Cap. I had to drop this. I never. I haven't made the playoffs, and I mean, in it's about, I've been in the league in eight for eight seasons. Nine, yeah. maybe I haven't made the playoffs once because wow. I've been tanking unintentionally. My God, he sounds like the Oilers or the Leafs. It's <laughs> I am the Oilers. I've had top picks. I even had Nolan Patrick. I've drafted. No, I've that's drafted. A horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a very bad pick. No, no, I mean, it's not his fault. He got injured. He has yeah. headaches. Well, I mean, you know, and he's still, from when he was playing, his like points per game isn't that bad. No, but, but that he had a red flag over his head on draft day, so. But there's also right now there's a lot of hope. He says he's coming back and uh, hopefully it works out. But I don't I have no. He's not. He's on injury reserve, so he doesn't affect me. But I had Stamkos at one point, Rene Price. Like it was a whole thing. I've had good teams. Wow. I even have Seth Jones. I have Shabbat now, but he's taking eight million dollars out of my cap. Like it's a fucking shit show, man. I don't even know what to do. I have to draft six players, and I have six million dollars left. I, I I suggest you start trading your high your your high level players. I, I, for some... yeah, I put Marner on the trading block, so I don't know what I'm. Yeah, for. for some value picks, man. You got to go and get those ELC contracts. You get Lafreniere on that. I have two first round picks, and I have number five go. and number nine. So number Straight five, I'm number probably going to get Kaprizov. 
Kaprizov for real. That's yeah. a that's one heck of a player. I feel like Minnesota is going to be very happy to have him in North America yes. this year. The only thing is that he or, plays in Minnesota. That's the only thing. Yeah, it's fine. It's Minnesota. <laughs> We've had, you know, this is the same team that brought us Marion Gabryk. So, like, I'm not going to complain with, if, if Kaprizov is just going to be there by himself. Parise. Yeah. Yo, just, Terry. Yo, Alex. Yo. <laughs> what do you, who do you think is going to be the top goal scorer? The in top the points. No, no. In the Habs for the Habs. Oh, Who's going to be the top, top goal scorer? Top points, top goals, and and who? How many wins will Price have? I think Gallagher is gonna have the most goals. I think Price will have fifty-six games. I think it'll probably he'll probably play thirty-five of them, thirty of them. I'd say he has seventeen wins, seventeen to nineteen wins. I'd say Gallagher is the leading goal scorer, and I think for points, I'm gonna have to go. I think I think Duquesne is gonna have the most points this year. What? Yeah, I mean, what? as much as I'm not a big guy in Duquesne, I really think in a shortened season he might be able to to really put, like compact the amount of effort that he puts in. Usually he'll take a night off, but I think he'll be able to put. Hopefully he does. I mean, I'm optimistic for that. But I think Duquesne will finish first. Gallagher most goals. I'm looking at like maybe 25 max, um, and then yeah, Price will probably have 17, 18, 19 wins. And they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the four-man playoff. And, but I just don't think they'll make it to the other playoff, the semifinal. Okay, here's my bold prediction. I'm listening. Toffoli, uh, the most goals. Toffoli, uh, it's a good, that's a very good pick. Toffoli for most goals, uh, most points. Here's uh, another bold one, Nick Suzuki. I hope so. And Price, I'd say he's going to get 21 wins. It's optimistic. Marco, what do you think? I was going with Price 20 wins, Suzuki leading and scoring. And in terms of goal scoring, I was actually going to be like, you know what? Let's put some sizzle on these ribs. I'm going to go with Anderson being the top goal scorer on the team. I'm hoping for Anderson too. I mean, that's the thing. I just... How how great is it though that we've just named seven different players when it comes to points? I think it was pretty obvious last year. I don't think it's obvious this year. Yeah, exactly. But how great is it that we actually can have this debate? You yep. know what I mean? That it's not as obvious as it used to be, and it's I'm I'm excited for the season. I mean, when the season ended, I was we were actually going we were going back. We were doing the best of. I don't know if you saw it, Marco. We did our best of 2020. You were featured. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pokemon Go. Uh, <laughs> and and it was a it was a conversation I had with Dave Brown, and I was listening to it, and Alex and him had a little Twitter beef, and Dave Brown's point was we were bad last year. The Habs were bad last year. They were. And, this year, he said, after all this, they've improved, but they're still mediocre. And now I'm looking at it as they they might be mediocre, but if if you really if you really look at the fact that, and I'm kind of jumping on Alex's on Alex's bandwagon here, where they've become a good team, you know what I mean. But the pieces are in place to be a good team. Now, can they pull it together? And I think that's all on coaching at this point because the talent is there. If the coaching staff is able to develop them properly and and manage the lineups the way they should be managed, then I think the season is going to be great. And I'm even more excited now with Corey Perry. I because forgot about Corey Perry. He brings something that we all we just that just Gallagher brought before. He's a fucking and that's, rat. Exactly, and it's being that little pest yeah. effect in in our bottom six. Except, except you're and little. And I, yeah, exactly, and he's and he's taller than fucking Gallagher, so well, that's even is. better. 
<laughs> and he can also score on a power play. He's going to be in front of the net, I believe. That's going to be his position. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this season. So, Romanov playing on the power play, what what should be, going into game one, ideal, ideally, what should be our number one power play, Marco? Our top uh, Ideally, uh, I would want Petrie and Weber on the same wave. I don't want them split. Um, simply, there, there's, there's two reasons for that. First, we desperately need someone who can catch up to anybody who trapped Shea Weber. So I don't know if we remember last year, but a lot of the shorthanded goals against were because Weber was the last one back and couldn't catch up to the streaking forward that was left on a breakaway going to Price. Now, if you have a guy like Jeff Petrie, um, good luck trying to, not, to to get away from him because this is a guy who's stopped breakaway after breakaway because he's just that much faster than most of the people in the league. So that's one. Number two, I'm a very big fan of the righty-to-righty one-timers. And I explain this very thoroughly when you put a spin on a pass for a one-timer you're putting it in a way that it spins based on the way that you hold your stick markov used to do this very well with kovalev back in the day because they were both lefties but if you have two righties on the same point if petrie is playing the high point really the blue line and weber is sliding into the circle by giving a right-handed pass with a spin to a right-handed one-time shot, the velocity is instant. It so takes Weber, Weber on lefty, you're talking about? Weber on the left-hand yeah, side okay. at the circle, yeah, and then you good. have Petrie at the point. And that pass just straight. And we've seen it before. We've seen it work wonders before because it allows a guy like Weber less time to position himself. He can immediately take them off because he doesn't have to tilt his body to excess velocity. And he can we, just shoot. What are we looking at in terms of forwards? Uh, forwards, from what I was able to read, was um, Toffoli. Uh, I forget who was in the bumper spot, but I think it was Toffoli, Suzuki, and Drewing uh, that were on. That were the three forwards. Not bad. I'm personally not a fan of Drewing on the first wave, not because it's Drewing, but because of the way it's set up. You have righty, righty. Toffoli's a righty. Suzuki's a righty, and you need a left guy that can shoot on that line. Or else you have no left shot option on that line. And so who's me, your left-handed forward shot that you would put in there? Tatar. And we know that Suzuki Tuna. and Tatar, have, Tuna, have chemistry on the power play dating back to last season. They were the power play for the Canadians. It was Tatar, Petrie, and Suzuki. Those three made the power play work, while the first power play wave with Weber and Joy and Max Domi did sweep nothing. So you're, this not, year, so you're not a fan of putting a forward on D? For the point, I time. am on on the second wave. On the second wave, okay. Yeah, on the second wave, you put a guy that's a little bit more defensively aware, like Romanov, with a left-handed shot, and we start having we start you know playing around with it a bit, and that's where the second wave comes along because you have a Kakaniemi that's going to be on the sideboards that can kind of come on the point, but also go down to the sideboards, and then you also have you know a plethora of shooting options on the second wave. You have a Josh Anderson that can be there. You have a Brendan Gallagher that can be there. So. There's a lot of flexibility if, if you really want to, to play around with with your power play. And we haven't mentioned Phil Deneau. We haven't even mentioned Joel Armia. We haven't mentioned anybody that that was on the power play last year uh, instead of these new additions that have come in. And that's this is why when people say Montreal will be mediocre, if Montreal had a basically a basic functioning mediocre power play, I'm not talking about abysmal like it was. I mean mediocre power play. 
with a competent backup goalie because, quite frankly, their best backup goalie won them two games. They would have made the playoffs last year. So imagine if they have that this year in the system that they have. They have the advantage here, in my honest opinion. Condensed yeah. season, probably the best goalie tandem in the le- in, in the division, if you ask me. And then you factor in that they have depth in pretty much every position and their taxi squad holds the likes of Pro League and Perry. I think they're, I think they're pretty much they're set for war. I'm, I'm going to say it. They're set for a long-term run. And I haven't been able to say that in 10 years. So power to them, power to Bergevin to put them to, putting them together. But uh, we're going to have to see what it happens on the ice. If, if they're able to make the product work on the ice, that's going to be the most telling. So do you think sorry, do you think he's rolling the dice because he knows Weber price winner are closing? No, I think that it's time. I think a reset. <laughs> no, no, but like let's call a spade a spade. He and, and I hold the man to his word, right? Like I'm not going to be I'm not going to argue about Bergevin in 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 bad faith. I'm not going to be one of those guys because it's cool to hate on Bergevin apparently. Um but if you hold the man to his word, he said this was a reset. Resets generally take two to three years. Rebuilds take four to five, you know, as we've seen in some other places, unless you win back-to-back lotteries, cough, cough, Rangers. But, <laughs> you know, if you're looking at, at Montreal, this was it, right? Like, they, they had the cap space. Their young players were progressing at the right time. I wouldn't say peaking, but progressing at the right time. And they needed to be further insulated if they were going to take the next step in their development. I think we've done that. I think... And we, I think he's done that. Uh, so I'm fully expecting, you know, Bergevin to have gone all out and try to fill this team up because this year, next year, this is Montreal's window. And if they can do this right, and if they can, if they're in a good position to add a trade deadline, he's going to be aggressive there too because they got a first round pick, two second round picks, three third round picks, three fourth round picks, three fifth round picks. Like there's, they have enough assets and then existing prospects that they can add to this team if they're really trending in the right direction. So I think this is a good year for Montreal to be in the spot that they're in. I think so too. Explain explain to people that don't understand the taxi squad. Because right oh, now man. I'm very I'm a, I'm a little confused to how it works. So okay, well, so go. I'll let you explain it because my explanation is probably going to butcher it. Go. It's all good. The taxi squad is essentially an extension of your AHL farm team that follows your NHL team around. So for people that don't understand, there's no salary benefit to this. It's essentially players that have been on paper demoted to the to the American Hockey League. So anybody that's on your taxi squad has to go through waivers. Now, if they go through waivers and no one picks them up, they can stay on their taxi squad for the whole year. So just to give you an idea, we'll give you a nice scenario here. Say Montreal's taxi squad is Luca Vedemo, um, Corey Perry, like uh, whatever, Perry Paul Byron, Jordan, yeah, like Wheel, uh, Mete, you name it. I, 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 at this point, I'm just naming names. If Montreal decides, no one gets claimed. If Montreal decides they want to call up Jordan Wheel, they can call up Jordan Wheel and send him right back down, and it wouldn't, he wouldn't have to go through waivers again. Oh, so you don't have because to clear this, waivers. You do have to clear waivers the first time. Okay, so. He comes up once. Teams, yep. all the teams say fuck him. We don't want him. No, no, goes down once. Reentry waivers doesn't. Exist oh, sorry. Anymore. Yeah, okay. My goes down once. No one takes him, which is probably going to be the case during like the beginning of the season. Everybody's pretty much tight and 
no one's going to spend money needlessly on players that are overpaid like Jordan Wheel. So if you send down a guy like Jordan Wheel, he comes off the books up to a 1.25 million, or 1.025 million. So yeah. there's cap savings there, and he sits on your taxi squad. If there's an injury at center, you can then call him up. And if it's a short-term injury, say he plays uh, two, three, four games over a span of a week, you can send him back down without going through waivers. Why is that? Because the rule in the NHL is once a player goes through waivers the first time, the only way that they can go through waivers again is if they're on your main roster for 30 days or play 10 straight games. Okay, so Wheel gets called up. He clear, uh, he, Then we send him back down, clears waivers. He's back in the taxi squad, traveling with the team, optional. Off the books, considered AHL, whatever. We injury something happens. Josh Anderson goes down. Boom. We call up and we call up Wheel again. Yeah. We send him. He plays two games. We send him back down. He doesn't have to clear waivers. Doesn't have to clear waivers. Why, if if Corey Perry gets called up, if Corey Perry gets called up, realistically he'll probably stay on the roster. I don't think Corey Perry is going to get sent down because exactly, realistically, seven hundred k. I think a lot of teams would take that. I think risk. Boston will be like uh, right away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then and so this is why I think if we're talking strategy here, I think a guy like Wheel is going to go down. I think, I think Corey Perry will be kept as the thirteenth official forward. You you might see guys like Michael Frolik be be put on the taxi squad or Luca Vedemo be put on the taxi squad uh, along with guys like Jordan Wheel. But Bell I don't Zill. see. Bel- no, I think Belzil. I don't. I don't know that Belzil will be on the taxi squad. No, he'll be HL. Yeah, exactly. They need some veterans there. They can't have just the kids. Can, can I put Peas on the taxi squad? Sorry, Peas. Can I put him on the taxi squad? <laughs> Who's Peas? Paolo, my co-host for the other show, the one that you've Absolutely. been on. Absolutely, sure. Times. Whatever floats your boat, as long as your salary cap structure works. But it doesn't seem what, to, what based on Eagle? what you're telling me about your pool. What about Eagle? Can I put Eagle in the taxi squad? <laughs> no, no, no. You send him straight to the ECHL. Straight to ECHL. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> Thanks, Marco. I appreciate you taking the time, buddy. As usual, you're the best. Uh, Scrimmageandstats.com, Hockey Flow Podcast. Um, Marco D'Amico on Twitter, right? Or the hockey expert yes, on Twitter. The hockey expert on Twitter. Hockey expert on Twitter, best Twitter follow for Habs fans, for hockey fans in general. Uh, Scrimmageandstats.com. Uh, very well thought out articles and very well thought out uh, breakdowns. I love, I love, I love reading your stuff. It's the best to read while I'm taking a shit after I ate some mustard truffle sauce uh, from Mike's BBQ Rub, which I will be sending to you if Romanov wins the Calder Trophy. Calder. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> um, oh, it's gonna be interesting now. I'm gonna cheer for for Romanov. <laughs> Uh, support us support hot sauce sports visit patreon.com uh, slash hot sauce sports uh, contribute to us you know we're putting out content all the time it was a great year for us we had a lot of great guests Brent Sopel included uh, probably my favorite interview of the year uh, a bunch of good guests a bunch of good contact all the time uh, so if you want to uh, support us um, there's things that you can get there's prizes you can get with the support as well so check our patreon page patreon.com slash hot sauce sports uh, Marco again I appreciate you coming on man Alex thanks as usual peace peace take care guys